Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. What a great day. Played some games, grilled out. The only thing that could be better is an episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Wait a minute. It is time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. The guys talk about light party filler games and have another installment of Chit Chat where they discuss their worst blind date games. Marty's choice had better not be Roll for the Galaxy. Welcome to episode 75 of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This episode is Feel Like a Number. We are a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and your hosts tonight are myself, Marty, and... Tony! Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hope y'all are doing well out there. Are you expecting a response? Oh, I know we're going to get a response. Kind of like the responses we got when we did that live hangout with everybody. You know, that was an incredible attendance that, that evening, and I can't look... I cannot wait, Marty, for us to do that again. Well, I think what you're referring to, because probably most people missed it, was uh, we decided to do a live Google Hangout for when we announced the winner of our $50 CSI gift certificate. And so we tested it out. This is our first time, Tony and I, you and I doing a live Google Hangout over YouTube. And there were some issues like for the fact that my camera was not on so while you were talking. And so there would just be this disembodied voice and the fact that we didn't have the chat working. But you know what? I have talked with those who are much more experienced at this than I am. And I've learn how to do all that stuff. So in the future, for everyone to do a live show, we're ready to go. Well, but see, what was best about that disembodied voice that you were giving was the fact that my camera stopped working. It became unplugged from my computer. So while you were disembodied, I was a frozen statue right there. So basically, they couldn't see either one of us talking other than my picture from Google um, standing up there. So that was great. And uh, hey, guys, a little known secret. I talked about, you know, I was having computer problems. Well, the computer problems were actually on the user idiot's end. Uh, Somehow Google Hang... Did you know, Marty, if your camera gets cut off from your computer, that when you... It, it turns it off in the Google Hangout. So when you plug it back in, it doesn't automatically turn it back on. There was the technical difficulty. Well, how about this little tip? Don't unplug your computer while we're doing this. Well, I know it was a, it was a major malfunction, but that's, oh, wait a minute, that's a, somebody we know. But no, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. That was awful. And if you want to see that fiasco, it's actually posted on our YouTube page at uh, Roll Dice Take Names. Not that you want to see it, but if you want to see what we're talking about. But the reason why we did that, Tony, is because we gave out that $50 gift certificate. And we were just so overwhelmed by the number of responses we had and all the different ways that we had to enter the contest. We're humbled by the response that we got. Tony, you came up with a great idea. You know, we had such a great response. Why don't we give a little bit more? So that night, we also gave out five additional $10 gift certificates to a person's favorite online store. Right. And I mean, five golden gift certificates. So that's why I don't go caroling. But anyway, yeah. And I mean, why not? I mean, we had a tremendous response. We picked up over uh, an additional, what I believe, uh, close to 150 BGG Guild members for all you coming in, join us. Thank you so much. Uh, Combined total of over 300 um, badges were given out. So we definitely need those stinking badges. Uh, 
an incredible amount of response. 200 people responded to the Google survey and, um, or, or the form that we sent out. And we will definitely be going over some of those responses on how people would spend $50. I think those, some of those answers were interesting, Marty, but we'll, we'll save that for a later episode. Cause, or if we have nothing else to cover in this episode, we could just read every one of them. <laughs> people like stop no we're kidding we're not going to read every response i did kind of thumb through those and there's a a lot of common responses and i think it'd be interesting to go through those and yeah. see some of the games that kind of bubble to the top that people wanted now we also have on this segment we have uh as mentioned by vanessa who's going to be another uh segment of chit chat so the ladies will be coming on a bit but before we do that tony and i actually got together at a friend's house a couple weeks ago and as always, when you got a big group together and you're kind of waiting for which game to decide what we're going to play, the longer games, we pulled out some of the quicker party games. And we decided to play some of the newer games, so we thought we'd cover a few of, the, a few of those for you right now. See, what, well, this, this has been a, an incredible start of September. We've had a game night, and we've had a game weekend. And on top of that, we had another game weekend. That's three times, Marty, that we got to play together in the past two weeks. That's that's pretty impressive. It is impressive. So we got a lot to talk about. So do you want to start or I? Well, I tell you what, let me give it a shot because people can start laughing now because I'm going to try to talk about the game, The Grizzled. Now, if you've been under a rock, you know nothing about this. Because, I mean, you talked about it at the Gen Con episode that we had, and you've heard about everybody talking about it. I mean, you know, it's a small little card game produced by Cool Mini or Not, and it's from designers Fabian Riffoid and Juan Rodriguez, and they put together this little cooperative game. And you can play, what is it, up to four, Marty? Yes. See, I just want to make sure I'm not getting things confused because we played a lot of games. And basically, if y'all remember, and I know you've heard about this, this was the game where the French artist who lost his life in the attack on Charlie Hebdo, uh, Tignus, I believe that's how you pronounce it, he did the art for this. And it's basically a, a World War One style type card game where you are in the trenches and that's the art form and you're basically trying to avoid getting matches of three now the matches of three could be either the icons on the card or the weather of the cards or the terrain of the cards is that right marty that is correct and we do need to make a correction it plays up to five oh it does play up to five it does we just haven't been playing with four we just haven't done five yet so anyway, so basically, you're trying to get the, the decks are divided in two. If one deck runs out, you're dead. If the other deck runs out, you're the winners. That's really what you're doing. And the way you're doing that is by playing cards to avoid those matches. All right. And then after everybody passes, you know, you, you collect the cards and you discard them. And then you move cards from the deck that's of the people that uh, that would lead to your death over to the winning deck and you try to get through that deck. So what's really happening, guys, just keeping it simple so that I can understand it is the cards moving from the dead deck to the alive deck are constantly moving based on the cards in hand. At a minimum, three cards are going to move or it's going to be the number of cards people are holding in their hands when everybody passes. There's various effects that can come into play. There's no text on the cards. It's real simple. Now, I enjoy, Except for the hard knot cards, which has text on oh, it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But for the matching of the icons. So you're right. The hard knot cards have the text. And what are hard knocks? They're basically cards that are just telling you of bad things that can happen. Like, oh, wait, you. whenever you play uh, this type of card, something bad's going to happen to you. Oh, but Marty, they do have a sunny beach card. 
It's called Merry Christmas, where you can. <laughs> they do, they do, and uh, that help, helps you to get rid of uh, of items. And there's four different things you could do during your turn. Like you said, you could play a card. But the thing is, though, what happens if you can't play a card that would give you that matching three? Well, then you have the option to either every one of the uh, people that you're playing as has an ability, a clover leaf, where it has a little icon on it uh, indicating like a, a weather condition or an item. If you flip it over, you can move one of those from the cards and play on the table. Or you can make a speech. After you first player and you pass the first player token, you get a speech token. And what that means, you can name an item on a card and everybody else can discard that one card from their hand, which is nice. And the last thing is, well, you pass. And when you pass, you basically play down a support tile. And the whole part of the purpose of the support tile is to try to get support tiles to the person who needs to get rid of those hard knock cards. So on the support tile, you can move left, move right, move to the left, to the right. And when you flip them all over and resolve them, whoever has you move the support tiles where they're supposed to go, whoever has the most can make their lives easier by getting rid of the hard knocks or flipping their uh, clover leaf back over. Unless there's a tie on the support tokens between two or more people, and then nobody gets to do anything. Right. And that to me was uh, one of the most frustrating. Well, there were a couple frustrating things for me about this game, Marty. Um, I didn't like during this the speech, you couldn't really. you. And you maybe you there was a misinterpretation of the rules or a badly worded rule, but you couldn't tell. Like, why don't you tell everybody to get rid of the do a speech about how much you hate to hear whistles? Because I really hate to hear whistles over here too. You couldn't really say that, but this is a cooperative game, so uh, that kind of graded on me. Well, there are other co-op games where you can't do table talk. You can't just show show the cards that you have. So that's that's kind of to be expected. You could, but it wouldn't be playing in the way the game was meant meant for you to play i know and we made the joke about everybody is way down on each of the trenches we're all manning a uh, 200 mile stretch trench and i'm at mile one and you're at mile 50 and and whatever so but yeah. and somebody may be wondering well how in the world do you fail a mission all you gotta do is not put down a card that matches well unfortunately some of these cards that you play have an icon on the bottom that forces you to flip over a card from the top of the draw deck and put it into play so when you do that that might actually cause you to fail the mission and when you fail the mission all those cards that you had on the table are, are put back into the trawl deck shuffled and then you go again plus you draw a minimum of three from the other deck so failing mission is very very bad well first time we were playing it even though we didn't win i was like we're not failing any missions how can that be then suddenly it was like just bad cards were coming out you had what was is it there was a card that had all three icons on it and you're like man th this sucks having this card in my hand you know the game is is very for such a simple setup for such a simple game. It is a very hard game. Uh, I mean, that, that's for sure. And have you won it yet? I mean, you, you bought the nope. game. Nope. You haven't won it yet? No, we thought we had won at Gen Con, but we misunderstood one of the rules when making a speech. And uh, thanks to Rodney Smith, he pointed out we played that wrong. And as a result, we did not win the game. So, no, I have played that game, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 times. And we, I so know I haven't won yet. But it's one of those games where you play, you just want to play again. It's like, all right, we got it this time. Because it teases you. You get close. You look at that draw deck and it's like, oh, there's only four or five cards left. But that game will snowball you on you really fast. So if you're looking for a really tough co-op game, this is definitely one uh, to check out. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. But enough on that one. What, what do you have, Marty? What, what else did we play? 
Well, we also got to try out, you didn't, Tony, but we got to try out uh, New Salem, mm-hmm. uh, which is a game that just came out at uh, Gen Con. And this is from Overworld Games. And this is a bluffing deduction game where there are two groups of people, witches and Puritans. And you deal out roll cards at the beginning of the game. So one, you're either going to be one of those two. And also it's a card drafting game. So you're going to get some cards in your hand based on the number of players. And you're going to take a card and pass to your left or pass to your right, depending on which round it is. This goes over a course of five rounds. And what you're doing with these cards is you're putting them into play in front of you. And these are buildings. And when you put buildings into play, sometimes they'll allow you to collect these cubes. The white cubes are hope. The black cubes are despair. And then those can be used, those white cubes specifically can be used to activate actions that are in the middle of the table. So in the first round, there's so many cards that you're going to put in play in front of you. You're going to collect your cubes. And then basically the witches are trying to stay hidden and the Puritans are trying to find out who the witches are. And they can do that from various means. Like one of the things you can do is like play two white cubes and you could trade cubes. So you could say, Tony, give me, give me a cube and I'll put it with mine. And we're going to look at this person's card over here. Okay. And I can look at that card and I can see what they are. Now, of course, there here's that's where the whole bluffing mechanism is. Am I telling the truth? Am I telling a lie, etc.? And then the whole goal is to expose the witches. Meanwhile, the witches on the other on the other hand are trying to collect as much despair as possible. Over the course of the game, they're trying to collect an X amount number of despair depending on the number of players. At the end of five rounds, if they have that number of despair, the witches win. If not, then the the uh, Puritans win. And then with the cards that you put down in front. The whole part of the uh, drafting mechanic is also each of your roll cards have a couple icons on them. And these buildings that you put down in play, you can actually match up buildings together with matching icons and colors. And if you get a complete set of buildings, you, you get some points. If those buildings have icons on that happen to match in your roll card, you get additional points. The person with the most points wins. So it's kind of odd that it's a co-op game until the very end when you count up points, then one person is the overall winner. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you, Marfie, Mar- Marfie, M- Marty. Um, for me, when you said it was a bluffing deduction game, you were out. I was out. I, I leaned back in my chair. I'm like, well, you explain it to the audience exactly what it is. And I'm still out. So that is strange though, that that's how that game resolves. Well, here's the thing. It fell flat for everybody sitting at the table. Uh, I mean, flat. Because we played one game and all the witches were immediately exposed because it was very inexpensive as far as the number of cubes to to keep yourself from being exposed. So I said, well, let's play again. And I happened to be a witch. So what happens in that first game, I was a witch. And they found me out like really quick. And when you're a witch, what they can do is they can put a card on you that will keep you from taking cubes the rest of the game. So then you're just sitting there doing nothing. Oh, you're playing cards in front of you. And even though those cards may say, get one of this cube or one of this cube, you don't get to do it. And then you can't even help the witches win. So yeah, and the, that sounds in the, awful. In the, yeah. In the second game, I, what happened was there's another card where if you collect enough white cubes, you can play it and be basically immune to accusations. Mm-hmm. So I was a witch, but I can no longer be accused of being a witch. So then I was able to collect all the cubes I wanted. So in the first game, the Puritans won and the second game, the witches won. I, I don't know. And at the end, we're all talking, well, here's the strategy you should use. And we said, well, maybe we should have done this. And I said, if we played a few more times, then we can kind of figure all this stuff out. To me, for a game that's supposed to be that easy, you should be able to figure it out after first play. And that was the issue I had with the game. This is supposed to be a quick, easy learn, bluffing game. And there's just like, I don't know, it's just too much going on, fell flat for all of us. All right. Then I say, let's 
move along. Let's go on to the next exciting game that we got to play. What do you say? Waiting on you. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, that's right. It is me. I, I'm sorry. So the next one, Marty and I got to play, and I, this one, I'm, I'll just cut to the chase. It's going into my collection as soon as it is released. It is code names. Oh my heavens! I was like, what is all this hype? Why could this be such the game? Why is everybody loving this game? You know, code names by Check Games Edition and. Um, Vladi Shavato was the did I do that one? I hope I did that one right, Marty. Um, he 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 um, designed this game, and I'm like, I'm not going. It can't be that good. It cannot be that good. But I mean, if, if you haven't heard about it, it's really two teams are going, and you're trying to get your team to guess the code words that are laying on the table, and the first team to get all their code words is the winner. Boom, done, simple. It's real easy. The problem is, and the genius behind this game for me, Marty, was the fact that you can only, you give a word and the number of ways that it can, the number of words it matches on the table. And we use this in that Google Hangout. If y'all want to go watch and see exactly what I'm talking about, I gave the word war and three. That meant in my mind, war could go with three cards on the table. Well, I didn't notice that it could have also gone with two more. And it kind of <laughs> led people to that. And meanwhile, the other team is sitting there not helping. My team's picking it up, but the other team's going, well, what about Eagle? War Eagle. That could be one of the words. I'm like, y'all shut up. Leave me alone. It, it is a fun, enjoyable party game. I'm so glad Marty got this. I may not even go by it. I may just borrow yours and you'll forget that I have it. I don't know about that because this is a game that I too, when I first heard about it, I went, eh, I got to play it at Origins. I got to play a print and play version of Origins. And after the first play, we were hooked. And we played that game for like an hour with little print and play cards. And, and like Tony said, it's it's really easy. You look at, there's a list of, it's five by five. So there's 25 words on the table. There's two teams. Each of the person that are giving clues will pull a random card that has squares colored on a five by five grid, either blue or red. You're either the red leader or the blue leader. So that indicates which words that you're trying to get. The first person, the first team to go has nine words that they have to guess. And the second team has eight. So the genius of that is even with the same 25 cards sitting on the table, you can play the different cards that show where the words are. And it's a different game every single time. Then you throw in the fact that there's hundreds of different words in the game. This game has huge replayability. Oh, yeah. And one thing, one thing that it it got me in the butt, there is one card that if your team guesses, end of game, it's over. It's the assassin card, right? Or the assassinator or whatever you want to call it. That's what I'm going to call it. And so if you give a clue and you're sitting there and – one of the, and the assassin card is bucket and one of the cards is cold and you don't, and you're not picking up, you're not paying, you're concentrating it so heavily and you give the thing of ice, oh, ice bucket. They say bucket, boom, game over, you lost. And for the other cards, so there's, there's, like I said, there's nine of, uh, for one team, eight for another. And then the assassin, the other cards are just generic, uh, beige guys where if you get one of those, uh, basically your turn ends, but here's the thing. And this happened for us, Tony, on our, one of our games is we kept guessing the other team's words and giving them their words. Yeah. The, and so people are saying, well, what if I guess the other teams? You're absolutely right. Then that team gets it. They didn't have to do any work and they're on their way to win. 
just go buy the game. Pre-order the game, people. Don't even think about it. I mean, you cannot go wrong, can you? Here's the thing. Uh, before this game, uh, if I was to pick my favorite party type game of the year, is going to be Spyfall. This blows it away by far. Unless something else comes out, this will be my party game of the year. Right. That's why I'm putting it in. I'm taking it to our, our annual, the three families get together. Uh, I was told to bring Spyfall, but I got a feeling when I introduce this one, they're going to be like, we're doing this again. Because it's so much fun to raz the giver of the clue. To, to, it is. And, and it's, it's, oh, guys, it, great game. So I think, Marty, we're saying this is on the RO scale a must-buy. I don't know about you. We've had two so far. I think Grizzled is a must-buy. I think Codenames is a must-buy. For me, New Salem was it, – it's a good game, um, but it's eh, – it just – some people really like it. I've heard reviews of it. They just go crazy about it. But for us, it just just somewhat fell flat. Code Games is – for 20 bucks too. I think Grizzled and Code Names around $20. You can't go wrong with either one of those. So there you have it. That's three reviews of – But wait a minute, Tony. Wait I got another one to do. You, you, well, Marty, three is the magic number here. I thought we were going to stick with three. Well, I know, but listen, let, let me just do one more. All right. What, what else you got, buddy? Okay, because you got to play this one too. So this is the game Mafia de Cuba, uh, which was announced at Gen Con and it has some early copies given out. And this is published by um, Asmodee. This is a game where you're playing, somebody is playing as the role of the Godfather. Now, the first thing right off the bat is I love the packaging of this game. It's a cigar box. And you basically have inside this cigar box 15 diamonds and some poker chips that have roles on them. And the roles could be loyal henchmen to the Godfather, FBI agents trying to trap the Godfather, and a driver. And what happens is at the beginning of the game, the Godfather opens up and looks inside the box and can remove from zero to five diamonds out of the box. He closes the lid and passes to the person to his left. At that point, each person takes something out of the box. They can either take some diamonds out of the box where they're trying to steal from the Godfather, or they take one of the poker chips and take on that role. So, for example, the loyal henchman is trying to help the Godfather win. They're trying to capture the guys that are stealing, trying to steal the diamonds from the Godfather. And so, if they find out who the, all the, who the thieves are, the Godfather and the henchman win. The FBI agent are trying to trick the Godfather into making them think that they're thieves. And when the Godfather accuses them, if they pull out that FBI agent chip, oh, well, the FBI agent just won. And then there's also the driver, which I thought was kind of the odd one, which means is if the person to your right wins, you win the game because you're like driving the getaway car. huh? Mm-hmm. And so if you don't take any of those, basically you're sticking diamonds into your pocket. And after the box goes all the way back around, the Godfather looks in the box and sees what has been taken. And at that point, he can start interrogating people. He'll say, like, I'll say, like, hey, Tony, um, when you got the box, how many diamonds were in the box? Uh, and you yeah. give me some sort of answer, right? Yeah, if I don't stumble. Ah, so, and I think you hit on it. As that box is going around, you can't just stick your hand in and grab stuff. You need to also pay attention to what's in there. So as the Godfather's asking questions, you can actually answer them truthful and be look like you're being truthful, even if you did take diamonds out. So you're right. I, I how many diamonds were in there? Oh, well, there were nine. Nine. And then the next person may go, well, Godfather, there were eight. I was like, oh, wait a minute. One of you's lying. And so then the knock, I don't know if it's a knock on this game, is the Godfather has the toughest role. 
And there are some people that may not want to play as the Godfather because everybody else is just kind of looking at the Godfather. The Godfather is the one asking all the questions. Sure, anybody can chime in. The loyal henchman may chime in to try to help out the Godfather. Hey, Godfather, I'm with you. But again, that could be they could be uh, bluffing also. So at some point in time, the Godfather has to accuse somebody. And I may look at Tony. Tony, I don't believe you. Empty your pockets. At that point, Tony will remove whatever he took from the box. If it's diamonds, then he's out of the game. I caught one of the thieves. My goal is to find all 15 diamonds. So if I took five at the beginning of the game and put them in my pocket, then I'm trying to find the other 10. If I do that, the Godfather and the little henchman win. Otherwise, the thieves will win if I make two wrong accusations. Right. And then what happens if you happen to find the blue FBI chip? The FBI agent immediately wins. Right. And I didn't understand if the driver was sitting next to the FBI guy if he won because he was to the right. That's correct. He would. He would have won. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't understand how to really play the role as the driver, but you know, that, that, that mechanic is in there. So again, it's kind of a basic bluffing, uh, deduction game. Uh, if there's somebody may ask, what happens if you get the last person and there's nothing in the box at that point, you're playing the street urchin. You got to act like you took something out of the box, but you're actually part of the thieves at that point. And Tony, what we decided in our box, because, because there'd be no rattling in there, we put some glass beads in the token so that there's always something left over in the box. So as the box shifts around, you can't tell that there's no diamonds left in there or anything. Yeah. And that's one of the things you got to, I mean, if everybody's passing it nice and quiet, but you could probably, if you're, if you don't know it, you're at a game. Hopefully, nobody would be a jerk, and as they pass it, shake it real hard or something. You know? <laughs> exactly. So this game for me is where would I rank this game? It's either between a good game or a great game, and I'm probably going to lead towards a good because even though it's kind of unique and how it, uh, the, especially with the the box and it's you you pass it around and I, I like that and everything. It's another deduction style game and it doesn't add too much. And again, again, the person who's playing the Godfather has the toughest role. And if you get with a group of people that nobody hardly wants to play the Godfather, then it's really going to fall flat. And for me, Marty, it's a game. I'm going to rank it there with um, Werewolf, Resistance, all that other (laughs) good, awesome games I love so much. It's got a cute box. You can go to a, a cigar store. They sell those boxes, empty boxes all the time. You can pick one of those up. Shoot, you could even make your own, to be honest with you. Go get a cigar box, put, get a bunch of poker chips and a bunch of diamonds from your diamonds um, card game that I know you should have on your shelves, and you could use those. Or how about this? How about if you go to your local game store and give Asmodee $21 for this game? It's a game. Y'all decide what you want to do with it. All right, so there's four quick games that uh, we got to play through, and those are kind of like the party-type games. And Tony and I don't talk about those a lot, but it just so happened we got together and played a lot of those. And a lot of those were, well, in fact, all of them were newer games, weren't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. But you know what? Tony, I believe I hear uh, Ree and Sue sitting in the back room waiting to come on, and I know they want to come on and talk with us for a little bit. So why don't we jump over to our chit-chat segment? Either go big or go home, because it's Chit Chat Time with Ree and Suze. Well, they were beating down the door to come in. And ladies, I've got one question before we get started real quick here. Did y'all ever listen to the intro segment we put together for y'all? Did y'all listen to the last episode that y'all were on? Of course. And and y'all didn't have any comments about that intro we designed specifically for y'all. I thought it was very snazzy. Okay. They didn't listen to it, Marty. I figured they would have <laughs> used it did either. Because I think they would have like come back and got really ticked off when, when their intro segment says, go big or go home. <gasps> I just 
him to the number on the like timestamp that says chit chat. And so I don't listen to you guys. Well, speaking of going home, I guess we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was nice having y'all back on. So there you go, guys, out in the audience. You asked for them, you got them, and we're done. All right. Good job. So, no. So, um, I know it's a stupid old cliche on every podcast. What have you been playing? But tell us, have you, have you had any good games in, that you've been playing lately? One game. Everybody goes around and gives one game. Oh, well, there goes my list. Why did I spend all this time preparing? Son of a gun. Because <laughs> <laughs> you prepared like two minutes before we pressed the record Smarty. button. God, oh, talk sorry. about breaking the fourth wall. So yeah. Ruin everything. The mystery's gone. So, so Ray, w- w- what's a good game you've played lately? The Grizzled. Ooh. Really? You should have been here about five minutes ago when we did a whole kind of little review on it. We were trying to get in, but you locked the door on us. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Oh, what did you think of Vanessa's decorating? She did a good job, didn't she? That woman is full of talent. Not only can she intro our show, she can also decorate our green room. So anyway, The Grizzled, back to you, Reed. So, So... Good game, RO scale, cut to the chase. What do you think? Well, here, here, here's the thing, uh, Reed. We did kind of go over how it plays, so you could just cut right to the chase and give us your thoughts on it. I really like it a lot. Um, like, I guess people say it's sad and depressing, and I guess if you let yourself get into the theme, but I just really like the way that it plays with the push your luck element in the middle. It kind of reminds me of like ink and gold because you're like, oh, do I go for the next one? Do I not? Like, is this going to mess up my other person? Like, Brianna, what do you think about the gameplay? Because I haven't played it yet, but I, the way I understand is that you can't, it's cooperative, but you can't coordinate with your teammates. Is that true? You can't be like, I have three raindrops in my hand. You know, you can't do that. You just kind of have to play. And then there are things that you can do, like play your good luck charm or give a speech. And you can like kind of just throw something out there that you like a threat that you think people might have and hope they have it in their hand. And sometimes you can throw out like snowfall and it's like nope nobody got rid of anything so great so did you like that did you not like it i mean i, I like I, it i think you like thematically it? it all works like um and i've played it two player where you have the third player as the chaplain and i've heard like mixed things from people about that but i think it makes sense that the chaplain would always withdraw he wouldn't engage you know because they're not fighters and then he would give support to somebody have you won yet no i hadn't either <laughs> It's a hard game. It is. But it's one It's one of those things that when you're done, instead of getting frustrated and flipping the table, it's like, uh, you know, reshuffle, let's do it again. Well, you think that you're going to have plenty of time, but when you have to, like, take those from the monument stack, even if your hand's low, you know, like, that three every time can even still just be a lot to add over to the piece deck. Yeah. And in fact, we didn't mention something when we went over the overview, and that is whoever the first player is or the leader, they dictate how many cards are dealt out to yeah. each person. Mm. So you can pick one to whatever. And so that later roll is tough because it's like, well, do I think we can get rid of two each person this time? And because you're you're right. If you're playing with four people and the minimum you're going to pull is three from the deck, you can't go one because you're only netting getting rid of one, basically. Right. Is it going to stay in your collection? Are you going to pull it out uh, periodically? Oh, yeah, no, it's staying. I like it a lot. And I actually, like, half played it tonight. I went to record it, a segment on it, and my, like, nephew saw it. He's like, what is the guzzled? I'm like, first of all, it's the grizzled. Learn to read <laughs> Second of all, yes, you can. And he was, like, super into it. Um, and he was really bummed that we had to quit because his uncle got in and the airport early and we had to go get him or whatever. But it was just, like, yeah. 
So everybody I've played it with has really liked it. I'm super interested in this one. Do, does anybody know when it's going to be available more widely? Everybody quick Google and I'll keep talking here. So, um, but from the standpoint of now the guzzled I hear is the one that's, that's the par bar par pub game. I think where, you know, everybody who ever can handle the well, most I have beer the fraternity mugs. edition. So. Oh, okay. CSI is saying September 15th. Oh, so close okay. soon. Awesome. That's cool. Yes. And again, as I mentioned in the other segment, you know, even on from CSI on their online store, it's only $16. It's such a low risk game. I think everybody should get it and at least try it once. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, uh, Suzanne, I think for your gaming, it, it, it will go well with all your card filler games, you know, because mm-hmm. with, with the vest, you just stick it in another pocket and it takes up, <laughs> you know, room. So speaking of going home again. Suzanne has left. I no longer see her in her box on my screen. So she's, she's holding her head down. I don't know why. Hmm. 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 The vest just won't die. This is why I can't share with people. <laughs> I have no friends. I only have betrayers. Here's here's the funny thing. So if people missed it, uh, if people were sharing pictures of themselves from a younger age, and I think. Suzanne got more grief over the vest shot than she did of this really frizzled hairdo that she had all these years ago. That's what's funny. The vest took off and the hair didn't. That's that's my life. Well, be thankful that the picture you posted of us, Marty, did not take off. Oh, you were so cute. You guys were adorable. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got a picture of Marty that is so classic end of the 80s. If it had taken off, I had it ready to go. But but you still got one on me, Suzanne. I'm, I gave you that just to pull grief away from you, and you've never used it with me and Spider-Man on the Actually, green screen. somebody was Photoshopping it, and I emailed it to them, and they didn't use it. So I'm going to have to. Uh, I've got it. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't okay. want to spoil anything, but I've got it in my back pocket ready, ready to rock and roll. So I'll have to make something of that for sure. And I don't know. I might have to combine it with that picture of Marty in a mullet that he... Uh, <laughs> showed because that was that was a beautiful mullet and it was a it was a profile shot so you really got to see it at work it was impressive business in the front party in the back Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so suzanne what what game would you like to bring (laughs) before we really go down a bad dark area here uh well i've been lucky that we had a a local game convention recently so i've gotten a ton of different games in but one of the ones that stood out is a game called trickster which is actually a print on demand game um, from a designer called named daniel solis and he primarily designs his own games and then releases them through the um drive through cards right now uh he's also the designer of the published game bell bell the ball mm-hmm. and he always he does these really great card based games that i'm just a huge fan of in general um, but Trickster is this new series that he came out with, essentially. And um, they're small decks of cards where um, you'll have, uh, I, I forget the exact number, off like eight different suits, and then like one through eight in every one of the suits. And then you deal them out, and it's kind of set collection or set avoidance because you don't want to take cards. And it has a little scoring trick at the end. You know, you score points for every card you have in front of you, unless you have the most of a suit in front of you, in which case 
that gets nullified and you don't have to score it. So it's kind of that cool balance of like, if you're going to take something, take as many as you can. Um, and then everybody else knows that too, because your tableau is open information. You know, you're dealing out these cards, you have a handful of cards, there's kind of a public uh, trash area that you can play to and pull from as well. And then every one of the cards, the one through the eight, are different characters, and they have different abilities. So when you play the card, it's it's like Love Letter and all the, you know, similar games where, you know, when you play the card, not only does it contribute to the set and things like that, or the trick, because it is a trick-taking game, but you have to activate its special ability. And what he's done with this is he's created little, it's he's created little sets. So I have um, a set that's very fantasy-based. So you have like a bard and a uh, warrior and, and cleric. And then he has one that's based on an existing IP called um, Kianzia, which is kind of an Asian-themed thing with, again, you know, different characters that have different abilities. And then he's releasing one about superheroes and one about space. And and every one of the sets, it's not just like a reskin, like every one of the sets has different abilities. So like one set really focused on interacting with the trash and one focused on really manipulating your tableau. We found it to be really quick, very social, a little bit of take that. It has like a wide player count range, which is really cool. I always like that kind of flexibility. The art and graphic design is beautiful. So a real winner. And I mean, I think that like if you buy just one set, it's like 12 bucks. They're really inexpensive too. Yes, I'm seeing that. Now, did he kickstart that? I can't really. No, he didn't. He just, he just designs and develops them on his own and then and does print on demand but he has pretty rigorous like development etc so his his games are pretty well developed okay well i, I see that if for those and we'll, we'll post up a um link to it's uh where he's got all this done but i mean you can get it through drivethroughcards.com just type in trickster and i think you can pick it up yeah bell of the ball was on sale recently at um cool mini i, I missed it I, I didn't know it was the deal of the day it was either miniature market or cool mini yeah that one's a cute one too really fun so you've played. So you're going to bring Trickster to um, BGG? Actually, I I'm absolutely planning on all, and by then I'll have at least four sets of it. So we'll have lots of fun. Okay. Well, cool. Then we can all sit down and play a card game because you know I love card games, especially losing to you ladies. You do so well against us. Yes. All right. Well, very good then. So, oh, and I read before I forget. Congratulations on being a reviewer over there at Miniature Market. How did you score that? Yeah. It's awesome. Um, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, to be honest. <laughs> I got an email, and they're like, hey, do you want to come write for us? And I was like, are you sure you want me to write for you? Well, every co- every review place or column needs that one reviewer who is going to basically trash stuff. Unfortunately, my first review was Panamax, and of course, I love it. But honestly, I did it because I know that game well enough, like, to get used to their style you know there's a certain way that you know we're can use our own voice and stuff but there's a certain way that we're supposed to um Mm -hmm. talk about the game so i wanted to use a game that i was comfortable talking about and even talk about like the stock market in detail because there's just so much going on with that game so to be able to get like all of it it was just like a thousand words it's not enough um but yeah so it was actually pretty funny (laughs) I guess. Um, I think I made some, I'm Charlie. I think I made him feel really awkward at Gen Con because he was sitting at a table and I was like, oh, she's going to start writing for us at, you know, Miniature Market and whatever. And then some guy's like, oh, it's about time you diversify. And Charlie's like, it's diverse. And I was like, as the first woman in the review corner, I can tell you that it is not diverse. And he was just like, uh, in any way. But yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it'll be interesting to have your voice over there. I'll definitely pay attention to those reviews. But if you keep throwing these softball reviews out there, you're going to lose a little bit on your reputation out there in the interwebs. Well, I'll write my next one on Alien Frontiers if no one else has done it and Miniature Market sells it. I'll write that. Write it on that one. That'll make you feel better. Okay. You got to give you got to give it that little throat punch. I wish we had gotten throat punch in for our game reviews. We could have been it's just a game and throat punch. You know, <laughs> one step below it's just it's a game. It's just a game. That's definitely a missed opportunity. We can add a little asterisk. There you go. I like that. Well, bringing you guys back as always and we love having you on the show. We always try to bring in a more general topic, a topic that might cause other people to say, hey, how would I answer this question? And this time, the topic for you guys is, what game would you consider like a worst blind date game? A game <laughs> that was, you were going in it, well, you know, your friends set you up for it, they, they talked it up, and it came out, and you were all excited, and it was wearing a blue puffy tuxedo with a big carnation and it was just awful and if you'd like to share your worst prom date we'd love to hear that too <laughs> wow is that a setup or what but marty would you like to kick us off on this or you won't yeah marty why don't you go ahead tell us all about your worst your worst adventure your worst blind date game all right, so I look at the blind date game as the one that I didn't know a lot about, but I'd heard, you know, people are like, hey, you need to check this out. And I was like, ooh, we're getting really excited to try it. And that happened to be a couple years ago when who I, as a huge Privateer Press fan and a huge War Machine fan, said, what? There's a card game coming out based on War Machine? And Tony, you know from our last episode, episode 74, we talked about how we love our card oh, games. Yeah. And so here comes this game called High Command, Sight Unseen. It's like, I'm buying it, cannot wait to play it. And I took that game, and I put it on the table, and I played it, and I was going, wow, okay, may maybe I missed something. You know, it's like you're going out on a date. It's like the dinner didn't go that well, so let's try a movie. We'll go, we'll go to a movie. So I played it again, and it was like... No, this game just really isn't that good. There's a the, the art is fantastic. It looks it looks good, but it's kind of shallow. You know, maybe the person you're with is like, oh, they look really good, but then you dig a little bit deeper, and there's like, ooh, there's not a lot of meat there. It's kind of kind of shallow, and that's what this game kind of was to me because it was like one of those games to where you had these this combat going on in the middle of the table, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It seemed to be. I don't know. It, it it just didn't work. And then, you know, it's like, well, I, I take the game home. I take it to the door. And the game kind of leans in, wants to give you a little peck. And it's like, I don't want anything to do with that. And I put it on the shelf and I hadn't opened it since. So am I hearing lipstick on a pig here? Yes. And you actually played this game. And, you, you know, I, I tried to set you up with this game, too. And I think that didn't go over too well either. No, because I, I, I was kind of pushed off into the corner at Gen Con when I got to play it. And I kind of like... There was this like taste in my mouth, you know, kind of a little, mm, uh, uh, this isn't very good. So it was not, a, yes, that was not a good game, but that's not my blind date game, but we'll get to mine. So, so it just didn't do it for you. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. I was expecting some with a lot more meat to it. Uh, the Like I said, the, the combat mechanic in the middle where you're fighting for the, the locations, it's like it has to go around the table. And if it gets back to you and you still got guys out there, you, you get that particular location. It's just the, the you know, we're used to these combat mechanics where you're fighting head to head with somebody else. And the, the art was gorgeous. The cards were like, it's from a fantastic company. 
And I got to play Undercity uh, by them just uh, recently, which ended up being a fantastic game. I really enjoy it. Privateer Press knows how to make an RPG, knows how to make a miniature game. But this game just fell flat for me. And to the point is that even though when High Command came out, then its sister came out too, Hordes. And you would think they would have learned and you could have gone out with it, but they didn't. I think they're still releasing expansions here and there, but I don't see anybody playing it. And we have a huge War Machine contingent in our local game store. I don't see anybody playing that game. So really what I took away from this is... Tony feels like if a date fails, the sister is the next natural step to try out. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like I've learned about Tony yeah. a little bit more. Little, little worried, but it's all good. Okay. You tried once. I mean, maybe the second one was the one you should have been. That was the one you should have gone for, not that uh, other one. So, but. <laughs> does Donna have a sister? No. <laughs> and we and we we'll talk about that later, okay? So anyway, so um, Re, what about you? Tell us your worst blind date. Oh boy! So there's like so many games I could talk about here, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but we know you. You are what was it? A a, a not a poly poly gamers. Yes. Um, which means I've tried a lot of things. And they're not all good. Um, so I guess one that I, like, was told, like, well, not told, but, like, heard a lot of buzz about, and then I played it as, like, uh-huh, um, was Machi Koro. I think that one probably stands out the most. Like, yeah, I mean, there are other games that I played that, like, I've heard were, like, going into it. Like, oh, this game's so great. And beyond that, like, Orleans is one of those that I hadn't heard really too much about before. And they're like, we're going to play this. It's going to be wonderful. And I'm like, mm. um, But Machi Koro is definitely, like, a... And this is an asterisk throat punch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. It's just not... No. Well, let me ask you. Did you try going out with Machi Koro again when he had his expansion harbor? I have some expansions sitting up there. My kid wanted it, so I got it for him. I actually own two copies of Machi Koro now. But. <laughs> I, I, I will say, Harbor makes the game a lot better. Really? Because I feel like you're still doing the same thing. And I guess like my biggest beef with that game, and I know that Harbor supposedly fixes this, is that it randomizes the cards, so it's not like, I'm going to do the bakery this time and every time and whatever. That causes different problems, though. I had a blind date experience with Machi Koro, the base game, and I had the exact same issue you did. I walked away from that game. I played it three times, and I'm going, I don't get it. In fact, with the base game, I found kind of found these cards that just tended to work, and all of us were kind of playing for the first time, and I like won every game because I kept buying these same cards over and over. And so I walked away not liking it at all. And I said, I'm never playing this game again. And somebody said, try the harbor. Well, when they did that, and those cards that I used to expect to be there to build this combo I liked, when they weren't there, it did change the game. So maybe you want to try a second date with the expansion. Well, I tried it with just the random stuff without whatever comes with the humongous box, by the way. I don't know why the expansion box is so big. <laughs> but um, and I was just like, mm, still, I feel like mechanics-wise, it's just... The rolling of the dice. Uh, it's like the same reason I don't like Alien Frontiers. Just the rolling of the dice and there's nothing you can do to like accommodate for it. I know you can get the like tech or whatever. Okay, whatever. But yeah, 
There's not, you can't do that in Machi Car. I was like, oh, I get a dollar. Yay. Uh, Suzanne, tell us about your blind date. How did they show up? My blind date. Oh, boy. I've had a lot of bad dates in my life. But on to the board game topic. I would say Cosmic Encounter. <gasps> oh. Is gay marriage legal in your state? And if so, how is polygamy? And then also, would you like to marry me if both of those are okay in your state? Uh, yes, actually, it is. And yes, I do. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Although, which is good, because I think I probably am going to be excommunicated from the Dice Tower Network if Tom ever listens to this and hears me <laughs> trash Cosmic Encounter. Oh, you're safe. You don't have to worry about that. I will love you anyway, <laughs> Suzanne, and always, be especially because of this. <laughs> um, you know, wow. I know I'm going to get in so much trouble, but a lot. I'd heard a lot about Cosmic Encounter. Obviously, I like negotiation games a lot. I like um, space theme games a lot. Um, I like area control games. I was excited to try it. I mean, it seems like it was a classic game. Uh, that everybody should play, right? Got all excited for it and got prepped for a gaming tournament, a charity gaming tournament, which was finally my opportunity to try Cosmic Encounter because Cosmic Encounter was one of the games that um, was part of the tournament. I don't I don't know how to make the date analogy work here, but you know, like, I guess it's like if your friends have all told, like, like acquaintances have told you, oh, this person's so awesome. You guys will really get along. They like all the things you like, right? And then um, you go to a restaurant and you like you go to a seafood restaurant, but you're allergic to sea, you know, to, to shellfish, and it's really noisy. And this like it was just bad, maybe circumstances like that environment where you're playing a negotiation game with a bunch of strangers, and um, in a kind of a weird pseudo competitive environment but beyond the environment i played the game the mechanics just felt dated and kind of boring it was like all right i'm gonna take these little spaceships and oh, i'm gonna go over to this planet there and does anybody want to help me great you can put your spaceships there too and all right yo you're gonna attack me and everybody else is gonna help you so i'm not gonna even bother to defend and Play a card. Oh, look, my alien is totally useless. Oh, look, your alien power is totally amazing and awesome, and there's nothing I can do about it. Wow, that was fun. And ultimately, that game ended in um, people deciding that it was best to have a mutual victory. So there was a four-player game, and three people won, and one person lost due to the negotiations. I found it highly unsatisfying end game wise and overall just gameplay wise i wasn't i was checking my watch i was i was ready to ready to to politely um excuse myself from that date as quickly as i could so cosmic encounters across from you on the table and what he's seeing now and he's visualizing you you're you're the perfect match for him but all he sees is the top of that head looking down looking down looking down as you keep checking your watch. And he's like, how can I bring her back into the fold? There's no way, is there? If some of my favorite people in the world to game with, maybe say the people on this podcast, everybody said, we're going to play Cosmic Encounter and we're going to have a total blast doing it. I would probably play it then. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, beyond that, yeah, I think that, you know, we may have been a match made in heaven, but we'll never find out because that first blind date was such a fail. I'll, I have no desire to revisit it. I think Cosmic Encounter really is made by the people that you play with. And I've only played with people that I know and it turns in just to a hoot fest because you're right. The alien powers are all over the place. Um, you can have one really good one, one really uh, bad one. They they seem to be disjointed. I don't know. I guess the times I have played, it's, I've had fun with people I've played with. And maybe you, maybe we should at BGG Con get a big group together. And oh, she started shaking her head. She don't even want to consider it. Well, because you know what's going to happen is everybody's going to get a turn except for Suzanne because she's going to go last and she's going to somehow be eliminated from the game before she even gets a turn, which happens and sucks. Like, I'm so glad I sat here for 40 minutes while you guys argued over this mess and now I'm dead and can't even have a turn. Yes, I hate you all and walk away. Now, I can totally get playing with a group of strangers how it would not be good. I totally understand that. But I guess I guess in the times I've played, we, I've enjoyed it. But it was with the people I played with because we know we're going in. There's not really a lot of strategy of this game. It's just having fun. But if you have the ships, you attack. If you don't, you defend. And then yeah. but there are so many better games. True. That are totally dependent on the people you play with. So if I'm gonna play a game with people that I adore. I'd rather play a game that we all enjoy. And I have no doubt that there are many of those out there. Like diamonds. Yeah. Anyway, I bring up diamonds. Hey, Tony, you like Cosmo Encounter, don't you? I mean, it all depends on the crowd. I it. bought it, yeah, because I was okay. caught up in the hype with it. It was advertised, you know. And I did enjoy it the, the times we've played, but the taste of that mutually shared victory i mean it's like you're going to the prom with your cousin or something you know it's not someone you bring home to mom cosmic no it's not it's it's dabble but you're like "Mm." yeah it's it's like uh, yeah we'll play it we'll have a good time we'll we'll learn how to you know deal and we'll have a few laughs we'll go out it's a friend it's a it's a comforting friend that I'll deal it's with, but it's not cousin a cousin that you kissed accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> you came up with that example really easily, Rihanna. Uh-huh. He threw the cousin out, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, they live in the Carolinas." That, so. that, that's right. You start looking at the family tree and go, Whoa. "That's legal." That no, is wait a, a minute. Vertical, yeah. It's a vertical tree that it's got no branches. So, so that is all yes. trunk. <laughs> Alrighty, well, Tony, what about you? <laughs> Tell us about your blind date game. <laughs> oh, for me, and everybody's going to be like, who's going to talk about resistance? No, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about resistance. Um, that was the game that I would probably, never mind. It's it's going to be, it was sold to me. It's like, you're going to love this so much more than resistance. We know you hate resistance. and But this game, oh, it's got everything. It's got characters. It's got powers. There's a story to it. People get really into it. And it's a great game. You're going to love this so much more. Oh, just ask. Just ask and it will, it will go out with you and you can experience the fun. You'll have a great time. You'll enjoy each other's company and you'll have a great conversation. And when you're done, you'll talk about it the next day. You'll want to call that game again and say, hey, come on, you want to go out again? And, and, but for me, I hated it. Werewolf, Ultimate, any of it. 
Oh my, oh my gosh. I would not even get out the car and walk that game to the door. I would say, good night, push you out, close the door and drive away. I, oh, I just cannot imagine that game was just so awesome. Oh, I, there's a hand raised. There's a hand raised. <laughs> How uh, do you yes. feel about its cousin, the vampire? It was kickstarted, and you know what? There was no need for me to even think about remind me, because there's no reason to remind me. It's the same stupid ass game. Oh, well, I use bad word. <laughs> uh, again, good thing Tom doesn't listen to the show. We're good. But that's not a really a bad word. But anyway, it's uh, it's just uh, first off, it's just like Cosmic Encounter player elimination. Get out. I don't want to even talk to you. I'm not even going to call you up. And yet my. Well, that's what one night ultimate werewolf fixes. Once again, when we were playing that game, the only thing that fixed that was there was a timer. I knew <laughs> the pain would be over soon. And I mean, that's what it is. Like Suzanne said, I'm look, looking at my watch. I couldn't, I couldn't make the little Siri talk any faster on that stupid phone if I had to. It was just, oh, it was awful. It was an awful date. I mean, yeah, ultimate, you know, oh, you didn't like Werewolf. You didn't like Resistance. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. No, I did not love this game. That's pretty dramatic wow. because you're, you're a good Southern gentleman, Tony. Mm-hmm. I... I am really struggling to picture a scenario where you would not walk the lady to her front door, no matter how awful it was. I, I think you may have been exaggerating. I think you would have walked One Night Ultimate Werewolf to the door, but mm-hmm. you would have just not spoken to it, walked it up, made sure that the door lock worked, <laughs> and walked away. Well, he would have got at least halfway up the front walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. He might have been More like, after. he saw that, you know, one night made it to the door, and he's like, all right, see ya, and he turns around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think y'all are giving me a lot more credit, because I might have, yeah, you're right, I would have gone up the drive, <laughs> the walkway, but I might have turned around and not even worried if the door opened and just said, oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe Freddy Krueger is in the bushes. Whatever, Jason. I don't care. So, yes, that was my blind date that I just, oh, my gosh, just please. So if they they talk about vampire, that's why when everybody was talking about vampire on Kickstarter, all those who backed it, congratulations. I hope hope it's as good a date for you as any of those other games. But I know for a fact I don't even need to call you. I don't even want your number. I know you did. I backed it. I did. So don't even come to me and say, you got to play this thing. Uh, okay. I, I won't. I, I, I've learned, man, when it comes to bluffing games, no matter what we pull out, it's just, you are not, you're not into the bluffing deduction style games. You know what's so sad though? And I don't know if you guys played this one, but this one I enjoyed. It was a bluffing game and it was a mass market game, but I actually enjoyed it. And it was called Fact or Crap. Did y'all ever play that? I've seen it, but I... Haven't. You steer, you stir, you, you you saw it in the distance. It was in the window as you drove by. You know, you it's maybe on the I target should, shelf. Yeah, it's on the target shelf, and and basically it's a good game for men because you're given a thing like how was toilet paper invented, 
And everybody has to come up with a story, but one person has the true story. And you have to tell a fib to, you know, like toilet paper was invented because the guys in the trenches couldn't, you know, they didn't have anything. And so somebody put together and they came up with toilet paper. And you have to tell. And then the person who's guessing has to figure out who's got the true story. And my wife hated it because when we played with other adults, for some odd reason, the men always won because we were all full of it, is what we were told. (laughs) So it's Boulder Dash. Yeah, yes. it's like Boulder Dash, but with longer. Okay. Yeah, so that one I like, Marty. But I'll never get to play it again because Donna hated it. Well, wow, we've learned a lot about each other tonight as far as their blind date games. I was not expect. Okay, Machi Koro, I can see. I can totally see that. I was not expecting Cosmic Encounter. I was not expecting Cosmic Encounter. I don't know, because I think that's one of those games I thought was just kind of universally accepted. I blocked that date out of my mind. That's how bad. And I, like, kept going back for more. But I just, I have been traumatized sufficiently by that game. So that's wild. But neither one of y'all like it. That's pretty wild. Hey, Marty, you know what my second choice was going to be? My second choice is Pandemic. Oh, blasphemy, woman. That'll be a story for another show. (laughs) That is pure blasphemy. Yeah, that could have been a fight. So it's a good thing you maybe didn't bring that one up. Tony would have lost his southern gentleman-ness. Gentleman-ness. He would have treated me like I was a one-night ultimate werewolf. <laughs> out my car. Get out. Just get out. You would push. I feel like that would be a push. That would even be like an asking. That'd just be like, and then go. Floor it. But I gotta know, what is it about pandemic? We'll, we'll stretch this out. I don't care. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. Okay, no, never mind. You got a time limit here, Tony. No, that, never mind. I won't. We'll, we'll say well, that. I think that is, a, that, that is a good story to hear at some point in time because I'm curious, to, especially with Pandemic Legacy coming out, which Tony is just so, so excited about. So we know Suzanne will not be playing it. That's a given. Cause that's, nope. You know, that's the cousin. That's the sister. That's the brother. Yeah, not going <laughs> to invite him. Yeah, I tend to date outside of. I'm sorry. What was that? I haven't liked any of the pandemics I played. And the only thing worse than pandemic is that stupid dice version of it. <sighs> the worst. We're, uh, we're just making all sorts of friends tonight. It's going to take friends. my hole a little deeper. <laughs> Tony's the loss of words right here. I, I'd better wrap this up because I, I don't think he's going to be contributing to the rest of the segment. <laughs> no, we got we got this. It's okay. We're good. I'm, I'm calm. It's okay. Ladies, thank you so much again for coming on. And guess what? We are just, what, a month or two away from BGGCon? Where we'll all be getting together. And I believe there's still a Nurshima Hex match still somewhere that needs to be planned. I still have not played this game, but that's okay. I am still ready to totally demolish you. Um, Ignacy is still looking to do a pretty big tournament while we're there. So I think we're trying to get all that set up still. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure he's going to be talking about it more as we get closer to BGGCon. But I think he's trying to plan for Essen right now. So um, after that. Uh, well, he's trying to have this big tournament. I just told him, I said, you got to make sure the first seeds are us playing against each other because Tony and I expect to end up in the championship. <laughs> and so we just went ahead and, and go ahead, and, which means we probably won't see y'all later on because I assume y'all lose early. How amazing would it be if Suzanne and I, having never played the game, just won the whole thing? It would be typical. because you are the better gamers let's just go ahead and admit it throw in the towel now marty let's eat our little crow right now we're gonna kick your butts oh please (laughs) marty wins one game riding on the coattails of rodney smith the entire time and he thinks he's got skills whatever whoa them fighting words you need to go watch that video 
The only tales that were being written was mine from Rodney, or how's that word? I, I don't yeah, know. you that might want to right. work on that a little bit, buddy. Anyway, thanks again so much for coming on. Thanks for having us Thank on. So, Marty, my wallet is is very light nowadays. I mean, we just finished up Gen Con, and as I look on the calendar, I see that Essence right around the corner. So, I I got a feeling. There's going to be some pre-orders put up. Oh, yeah. In fact, one of them is from Portal. Just like how Portal had the ability to be able to pre-order Tides of Time and other games that you could pick up at Gen Con, now Portal it gives you the ability to pre-order games for Essen. New games that are coming out like the expansion for Legacy and the new Steel Police for Nirishima Hex or maybe Convoy. You can now pre-order that at Portal's website and actually pick it up at Essen. And let me tell you, Tony, the pickup... The pre-order pickup process is awesome because you don't have to rush to the booth and stand in line. Just go by leisurely and pick it up whenever you have the chance to get by there. You know what really stinks, though, about it, Marty? What's that? We're not going to be at Essen. No. Two years, baby. Two years. There you go. Once again, another very entertaining and exciting chit-chat segment, Marty. Well done, sir. I was just there listening, enjoying it all. I know, but... I'm still trying to pick up from Cosmic Encounter. I just can't believe that's that's amazing. Well, and, and neither one of them liked it. And again, I thought I thought that was one of those kind of universal games that everybody kind of enjoyed playing. But I, again, I can I can understand if it was with a group of strangers, and and then it is kind of in your face. Will you help me? Will you not help me? And there's a lot of trash talking. It is a lot more fun with people you know. Anyway, let's let's talk about the news. Shall we talk about the news? Let's do it. All right. So. Guys, you know us. We don't normally talk a lot about things out on Kickstarters, and but there's one thing that um, we got sent that Marnie and I got to play that that kind of piqued our interest, and it's it's called Side Quest, and basically it's this dungeon crawling deck game. It, it's they have a very unique idea about playing cards that give you the ability to explore a dungeon with your friends or as a solo mission where you're going out and you have various rooms and you're exploring the rooms that are cards. So it's a small footprint. And from that standpoint, I mean, Marty and I played it. We used it at, played it over lunch. So it's a very quick game. You have a boss that you're trying to defeat at the end and they've gone, they've got various locations in the deck to kind of keep the replayability up. Lots of heroes, some monsters. I mean, not that many monsters, but all in all, a very interesting, and I see where they're going with this game, Marty. So if it's a game that sounds kind of good to y'all, give it a ch- chance or go take a look at it. The only issue, Marty, I have is that it is coming from England. So you need to pay attention to that currency thing. It's not the weight of the game. Once again, as we've stated in previous podcasts, that's not the weight. Pounds is not the weight. That's the cost. You no, know, I think they did do a good job of kind of, I was kind of skeptical of this. I was like, how are you going to do a dungeon crawler with, with cards? But I think they did a pretty good job with that, with the idea that you have these characters that during their turn, they can move between different locations in the dungeon. Monsters are constantly spawning. And once you clear out the monsters, you can go around and pick up the loot. So it's, it's kind of feels like Diablo. It's like before you can finish the dungeon, you got to clear everything out. Then go pick up all the loot you can, find the key. And in, in this one, you actually have to find the key to get to the door to get out of the room. I think they did a really good job of mimicking a dungeon crawler with just cards. Yeah, and it's kind of the dice effect of you know having to roll a dice and get a certain level in order to 
you know, either hit it or and vice versa. And, and one of the neat things I did like about this was the damsel in distress that's keeping getting lowered in the dungeon if you don't go save her. That's kind of a neat, neat concept. So if you guys, um, if it sounds something like you want to answer, definitely go check it out. It's called Side Quest. Another thing that we want to kind of tease is Tony and I have been asked by Joel Eddy of drive Through Review to come on in a month or so and give our top five LCGs of all time. And in episode 74, uh, we talked about a couple new LCGs that had come out. And Joel said, since you guys like it so much, I kind of like them too. Would you guys want to come on? So Tony and you and I are going to get to go hang out with uh, Joel online for a little bit and come out with our top five list of top five LCGs, not necessarily CCGs, because kind of LCGs is a new thing now of, of all times. So that ought to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'll I'll go with two. You can get three, or do we each get five? We each get five. Oh, man, this is going to kill me. Do, have they made five of them so far? <laughs> well, I mean, when you include things like uh, like he wanted to wait until after Epic came out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so get try Epic and you've seen Versus and Netrunner and you've played Conquest and Ashes. So they're they're out there. Doomtown. Doomtown, yeah. So, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. And um, yeah, you're right. I mean, wow. And the only one I guess I hadn't really thought about was uh, Game of Thrones. And we played that originally before it became one. So yeah, that, that'll be fun. That'll be, a, that'll be a blast to be on the show with him and, and compare notes from that standpoint. And the very last thing is we want to take time to uh, ask for help for our good friend, Rodney Smith. Right now, Rodney is in the middle of his fundraiser for his next season. And Rodney is such a fantastic guy and such a benefit to this community. Not only does he take time to provide these quality videos of showing you how to play games, he's just one of those guys that loves the community and loves engaging in the community and likes to share what's going on in his life when it comes to gaming. He's one of those guys that's easily approachable. So many publishers love to work with him. And what you see on video and how he is in person is the exact same thing. Tony, I mean, he's like one of the nicest guys you can ever meet in person. What you see online is not an act. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Great information. I mean, that's one of the first things when I'm learning a new game, Marty, I quickly go out for Rodney and say, okay, did he teach one? Did he teach this game? And great resource. So, yeah, if you're going to throw some money out there, there's the one to throw it to. Yeah, exactly. And what he does is, he treats it like a business. He's very much a businessman, and I've had the chance to see him operate in that businessman mode where he, he understands that this is, this, is his, uh, this is his livelihood. And so he treats it as such, and he treats you with respect, and he, he, it's not just kind of a hobby for him. It's, it's his life, and as such, he has a passion for it and does a fantastic job. So if you want to support Rodney, you can do it in, in several ways and several levels and everything. And we'll have a link on our site to go to his uh, crowdsourcing campaign. It's going to be still going on. He's got some great stuff that he's giving out at certain levels uh, that you need to go check out. So that, uh, again, go check him out. Rodney Smith uh, from Watch It Played. Well, Marty, fun-filled show as always when the ladies come on. It is. Great show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. So if you do us a favor, keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook.
Hey, Marty, you know this show was almost funny tonight. We better be careful or we're going to spoil a perfect record. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tony, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Fun Again Game has introduced two brand new programs. First, they have a brand new rewards program where you can earn points for every time you purchase something. And it's not just that. If you submit some video reviews or some written reviews, then you're going to earn points that you can use to get discounts on purchases. And those discounts range from anywhere from 1% up to 15%. So what about podcast reviews? I didn't hear that in the list. (laughs) Well, no, that's not listed in there. I think they want something a little more that'll show up on their site. But again, they give you several ways that you can earn points in their discount and and get discounts for games over the, the every time you order from them. You'll earn points like many other stores do. But here's another thing. They now have a membership program where they have three different levels of membership, a member, a premier member, and an elite. The member is, is free. And the really cool thing about that is if you pre-order from them, you get... off your pre-order. Okay. The premier membership is for $50 a year. You get 35% off all pre-orders and the elite membership, which is a hundred dollars a year. You earn 125% towards your points program, 40% off pre-orders, 15% off on a discount on shipping and free three-day upgrade shipping upgrades. All right, so I'm going to have to run the math here, Marty, but, but that elite, if you're spending a lot of money, I mean, on games that 40 percent can add up very quickly if i'm not mistaken yes you can and saving money on the shipping and it's a free three-day shipping upgrade so with the three-day with them coming off the west coast shoot um, we east coasters will have no problem getting our games that's it we'll have links for this on our uh, website so go check it out brand new programs from fun again games Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Almost Podcast, a fan-driven companion podcast for the Almost Human television show. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.